Hey, everybody. Out there in podcast land, Mike Rosso, Michael Rosso, film photography podcast 163, May 15, 2017. I'm here with uh, the, the gang, most of the gang are mostly stable, but some rotating gang members. And unstable members. Gang members. Our gang members today, myself, Michael Rosso, Matt Mirage. Hey, hey. Mark Dalzell. Is this on? <laughs> Mine's on. Mark O'Brien. Hey, Mark. Hey. Leslie Lazenby. Hi, everyone. Hey. And we're here to talk about all things film stuff we brought into the field and have tested stuff that we've been clicking and sorting through and clicking ticking slapping smacking and that's right (laughs) whatever let's uh start with a letter start with a letter they had a letter app hello fpp gang this is a long overdue thank you letter i'm the principal photographer of the city of chicago my high school and undergraduate education was all film every job since 01 has been digital After the sudden death of my younger brother, in an attempt to collect any and every memory of him, I poured through my negatives and rediscovered the beautiful aesthetic and timelessness of film. I found your podcast shortly after, in 2010, and have been a silent listener, born-again film shooter, ever ooh, born-again film shooter. Thanks for reigniting my passion for film photography. I now volunteer at my local Chicago community darkroom. I've heard of those guys. I've met a few folks who use that, Mm -hmm. that place. And help spread the film shooting love to a growing number of curious people. Thank you for your quality podcasts that share the joy of shooting film your show is inspiring and therapeutic i encourage my fellow silent listeners to come forward and to come to the, your incredible film store and make purchases so you can keep making these great podcasts Th- thank and building you. the community of film photographers thank you <laughs> and this is from patrick l pishka principal photographer city of chicago that's pretty neat yeah it is neat i'm chewing on a whippet right now so bear with me folks at home I just imagine you chew, chewing a small greyhound-looking dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that gentleman's name? That was Patrick Pishka. Patrick probably has city credentials, so maybe Patrick, I can come to the city of Chicago, and maybe you and I can like sort of like make an official, unannounced visit to the Wilco Loft, Wilco the band. <laughs> you know, on city business, like oh, we're I was, here. I was like, what's in it for Mike? We're it's here a- to make an inspection. <laughs> <laughs> You know Wilco there, Mark? Dude? Sure. There's Chicago. Yeah. Hey, you guys can't come in here. It's okay. We know Wilco. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. And Patrick, we're very thrilled to do what we're doing. Mark uh, O'Brien has, like, you walking around like that baggie. I've seen that baggie. What's in, in the bag? What's in the bag? That okay. baggie's been floating around. Okay. Hey, buddy, you want to buy a pacemaker? <laughs> <laughs> and don't get graphic with me. Uh, let's see. One of the things that oh, often encounter when you have older cameras is mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have self-timers in some cases. And then you also have don't have um, infrared remotes and all that. So how the heck do you do these things? Mm-hmm. And, all that stuff. and just about every camera prior to the autofocus era has a little screw-in for a remote cable release. Some actually have two, and some are, are a little specialized. So, for example, I brought a baggie here with a bunch of examples of, of cable releases, and uh, they all come in a variety of, of lengths. Uh, today, there's probably a bunch of standard-sized ones that you go at the camera store because everything is probably done by uh, one or two factories in the yeah. world. 
12, but back in the 40. day, we yep. had all kinds of cable releases that were made in the U.S., made in Germany, and so forth. Some have the name of the. Some are made by Kodak and mm-hmm. made in USA. Some have exteriors that are um, metal, some sort of metal mesh. Others are plastic and so forth. Yeah. Some are cloth. Anyway, you you'll encounter these things. They're always something you should have in your bag because, frankly, if you have your camera on a tripod and you're trying to uh, take a, let's say you're shooting with an SLR and you want to avoid shaking things up on, on your exposure, use a, use a cable release. You can also, if you are on, want to do selfies or whatever, you can get really long cable releases, which are nothing more than pneumatic tube bulbs yeah. that you push. Do they work? Yeah. yeah, they work, yeah. Okay. And you just have to make sure that you got one. If you find an old one, make sure that that bulb is still operational. Yeah, Sometimes that's the first really thing to crappy. go. Yeah. Well, you'll find, though, although most most cameras have a little tiny s- screw-in socket for a cable release, they're not all the same. For example, what? Leica cameras and early Nikon Fs and F2s have the same kind of uh, Leica-style release. You guys smell like coffee brewing? Yeah. Yeah, I smell it. It smells good. Okay, good. And it's actually bigger. It screws over where the, oh, where the shutter oh. release is. The Leica nipple. The what? Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. If you, if you, Absolutely. Yeah, like a nipple. Like a nipple. Okay. Like a nipple. The like a nipple. Sounds okay. like a racy so Instagram account. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so that screws in over those. And, a racy Italian And you can actually get some that have like screw-on adapters for doing the same thing for with regular um, cable releases. So that's that's all. You know, There's a variety of them out there. If you go to, to places that have lots of old cameras and thrift stores and all that, you'll find some of these things. And if you're like me, you end up accumulating a lot of them in a box somewhere. I always have one or two in my camera bag. If you have a TLR, it's very useful. Um, if you have it on a tripod, anything large it. format, you got to have a ton of those. You, yes, yeah. if you do large, you definitely have to have one. Yeah. And so, but what do you do if you have, a, say, a large format camera or a, an older camera that does not have a, a self timer? And back in the day. They sold all kinds of these things that were available. One of them actually clips onto a cable release mm-hmm. and allows, and it actually sets it off by hooking around the base of the cable, or the top of the cable release, and then the actual end of the release itself, and holds that in place. And you set the little dial to whatever time indicated, and it goes through its little clockwork cycle and then presses down on the length of the thing and sets off your camera, which is pretty cool. That's my favorite one. It's like some sort of vintage james bond yeah. it is it's really steampunk steampunky looking yeah. Yeah, we've and this one's the old studio yeah yeah, yeah. And this, stole one from me and this one's called the auto nips <laughs> the, the auto nips for the like a nipple i guess yeah. awesome. Anyway, awesome the auto nips and it's a this is an auto the haka auto nips model 2 i like the little tin yeah very cool little things and then more recently i've i've picked up some other ones that were made in right, the Japanese one. made in Japan. It's yeah. a self a generic self timer. Um, probably say good. Now, do you collect can, those or you just? I accumu- buy, I've accumulated you've them. Accumulated. I don't them. Okay, I accumulated them. And so, and some of these are really easy to use. They just screw on the screw on the mount. You can, you can hear the little. That's the end. end of the world. Yep. And there you go. That should just be the, the end. Like, there's five minutes of that at, at yeah. the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. Followed and, by a little click. <laughs> but what if you have a Polaroid land what camera? What if? What if? What if? And so if you have any of the pack film land cameras, um, well, this doesn't fit all of them. Yeah. It fits many of them. It doesn't. I don't think it fits the plastic-bodied ones. No. 
but it fits the metal body ones. And so Polaroid sold a self-timer that just sort of grasps the Somehow top of the... Somehow clips on there. Yeah, clicks on there, <laughs> holds it in place, and then you set it, and again... Oh, it's much louder, much louder. Sounds yes. like a wind-up toy. Yeah, it, it does. does. And, and that works as well. So there you go. Look, You can look for these things online. They're probably not very expensive. I doubt they make any of them new anymore. Uh, after all, but you can also probably find, you know, radio triggers and all that kind of stuff that do the same thing with some of your SL, modern SLRs. But just keep Akira made one, and these are made in Japan. I I love these. I I would have brought a bunch. I didn't realize that you were talking about them today, but I love those. I have one from the '80s. It's Russian. And oh, it's, cool. it's sound activated. Ooh, so you put it on your camera and you just like the clap your hands and it'll oh. take the picture. Oh, wow. It's the coolest little thing. There's a, a really, really snazzy one that I've been looking for. It's it's harder to find. It's also best of the 80s kind of mm-hmm. thing. There's a Prontor professional one. It can be used as a self-timer as well as a duration timer. So oh. it does anything. It's super accurate from like one second to I think 60 seconds on there. Cool. It's, it's sweet. So it can be here. It's a bulb. Doing bulb. Yeah, uh, oh, that's really neat. The Pronto Professional, they're like 150 bucks uh, if you can find it, but wow. that's the if. That's cool. Yeah. And the cool thing about these little pieces of, of uh, equipment is that they're really well made for the most part. Oh, yeah, they last. And yeah. they last a long time. The auto nips I have does not work very well. It, it, it's, um, I think it's got out of adjustment so it does not push the uh, plunger in the way it's supposed to they're you know they're worthwhile if you find one somewhere at a flea market or a camera swap pick one up because you may find it useful sometime especially if you have something like an an early argus and uh, you want to use a, use a self-timer with that it's a perfect perfect thing to have or definitely yeah. with large format um, stuff yeah heather gardner i think from the ann arbor area crappy camera club and i think this is where i got this idea from she uses bulldog clips she clips the black part onto something and flips the wings out uh-huh you can then line those up and put these self timers in them so that they're not all oh, wadded I up see. in a drawer oh yeah right mm-hmm. right so you just get another one drop it in you got all your links in front of you easy to get out the little wingy thingies at the top keep uh-huh. them flying wingy through thingies. the wingy thingies this one has to be an early jeppy Maybe. Thinking, cause it's, it, says Ger- it says Germany. On, well, Jeppy, they make cable releases. Yeah, and all kinds yeah, of... So. Some of these you know, are made in Germany. Some of them go back, are, are fairly old. I like the cloth ones. The cloth ones. Yeah. The problem is that sometimes the cloth out. rots out, and yeah. then you yeah. go to push it, and it just separates out, and it's no longer of any use. And you know, a lot of these have a lock on them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you'll plunge it in, you'll think, it's broken. Yeah. It didn't if, pop back. Just that little, yeah. right under the plunger sticks, at the top. Yeah. There's a... So it's, this is sort of like really ancient technology, but, it, but what we're doing, this is a very analog thing, right? Yeah. And you have analog means of dealing with these problems. Yeah. If you want good Absolutely. tools to do it, that's, that's yeah. these are it. So. Yeah. If you want to see Matt get the film sweats, oh. find a really short little one. Oh, they're cute. Oh, oh yeah, but... Yeah. Oh. I, yeah, <laughs> I, there's a there's a gentleman. He he still sells them on eBay. He's from South Africa. They're about three dollars, and by the time you're done shipping it, it's closer to thirty. But <laughs> they're three and a half inches total height. It's adorable. I put them on my super wide angle lenses and just leave them there. Those and the ebony cable releases are my favorite. The shorter the cable release, the more stable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this is the ones made by Prontor. All right, I'm Prontor. Gonna, I, have to go, I have to go get mine now. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know we're starting a... I didn't bring any. I, I, wish, I don't know. Is this probably known. break time? No. Kodak made in USA. No. You know what's, what's frustrating? I just got a, a, I got a shotgun 
like a like a rifle uh-huh. mount for a camera that has a release oh, on okay. it, but the release yeah. is broken. Frozen. But it's no, it's actually like the cabling came undone. Okay. But it's a it's all right. custom unique yeah. one that was made for this. I'm used to it. Shoulder work. mount. So this one's made by Bolex. It'll never work again. Really? Yeah, uh, made in Switzerland. I'll sell it to you for a hundred dollars. We used to have trouble at one time. Where are you going? Uh, I'm- <laughs> I'm, I slipped him $5 for the heater. I got, like, my hands in my sleeves. Well, where do you room. think mine have been? In my pits. How's that? Hey, Mike. I do. Do you like choco bananas? Oh, Whoa. crap. Now he's got the heater back. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a bunch where the uh, threading on here was really short. Yeah. And Some point today. they wouldn't fire everything. Right, right. It was, it, it was uh, probably Chinese at the time. Folks at home, it's like a free, so. it's like a free-for-all. Here. It like is. Matt, like, just ran out the door. Yeah. This, too, looks even okay. a Japanese bag. Uh, Mark is un- unleashing some sugar treats which he's kind of keep- keeping to himself since I moved the heat. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. If my fingers weren't so cold I'd be able to open the packages. So what confuses me about this thing by Bolex they made movie cameras, right? Yes, they did. Why, why would you need one of these with a movie camera? Animation frame by frame. Yeah, stop action. Oh, stop okay. action. Okay. That'd be awesome. It really looks quality. It does. And Every some, bit of it is. And so some straight. Super 8 cameras also have the input okay. for that. Okay. That's, As a matter of fact that really is beautiful. It'll fit that Minolta, won't it? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, Matt's got a red one and a black one. So, any of the Jeffy positive Bros. and negative. Yeah. <laughs> so I have I have uh, black, red. Um, and at home, I have a blue and a yellow. And th- these Jeffy oh. ones are awesome. They last a long time. And then, oh, what a oh my goodness! See, there it is. There it is. Isn't that, it? Oh, that looks Kodak like the ones. kind that used to be on the on the Polaroid. Um, Outfit for doing your copy stuff, and I didn't even know who it was made by until I looked on the tip. Bolex, Kodak, <laughs> Get So, made in France. <gasps> oh my! Oh. See, when I buy old uh, Kodak folders, there's usually one of, of these wrapped up in there. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're ones. so good, so so good. Yep. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. We need to pat down before we leave. Everybody gets their stuff back. Well, that's, thank yeah. you, Mark. You're welcome. I think it's awesome. Fun. I think everyone should have a cable release for or your. 20. Yeah, cable <laughs> release because they do come in handy, especially if you're if you're working on a tripod. Yeah, I mean your hand on the camera is going to shake it, right? right? Right, and it doesn't have to be because you're using a any camera you have on the, as soon as you touch that shutter button. Yeah, so even a you know it could be a, a nice Leica M2. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but as long as you got your uh, Leica nipple to, to, to <laughs> fire the shutter, you're good. When we come back, we'll be talking about. If you want to get around the really modern way, you need two things. A one-man gyrocopter and a Kodak Instamatic movie camera. The camera that loads instantly and shoots a brand new kind of movies called Super 8. So improved, they make other movies look old-fashioned. Take it from Kodak. They're the movies of the future. Guess he's never seen a camera like this before. Automatic, power wide, zooms at a touch. Everywhere you take this camera, you'll get a great big welcome. And just wait till you see your movies on a Super 8 projector. Enjoy life the really modern way. Get a Kodak Instamatic M5 movie camera. Gyrocopter, optional at extra cost. Super 8. It is so much fun 
There are so many vintage Super 8 cameras out there. It's time to pick up a camera and shoot your own three-minute film on a cartridge of Super 8 film. And where are you going to get your film from? Right here at the Film Photography Project store online. As weeks go by, you'll see more and more Super 8 film stocks being added to the store. We have the Kodak Vision 3 line of films that come with a cartridge and a prepaid order form to get your film processed and transferred to a digital file. If you're into projection, if you want to project your film in your living room on a vintage projector, you'll want the brand new Whitner Chrome 200D Chrome Super 8 film. Keep an eye on the FPP Super 8 section in the store in coming months for new products being added. And it's time to start shooting some home movies. Super 8. Hey, we're back. Uh, now, the Clarice is called a Claris, or? The Claris. Mm-hmm. It's like, sort of like the in the Mummy movies from the 40s. It was... It was Caris uh, or Caris. Oh, K. K. Caris. Because that's um, Egyptian. And then when Abner Costello met the mummy, they changed the mummy's name to Clarence. Have <laughs> <laughs> we expect no less? Uh, I think this is a Clarence. That's a Clarence? I'm thinking. Uh huh. I was going to ask you all these questions, but I'll let you do your segment. Okay. Because I'm, the first thing I was going to say, oh, my God, we're like, what country is that made? What's going on? What kind of lenses Well, here we go. This is, this is the Claris MS-35 made by the Claris Manufacturing Company. Now, bear with me. I'm going to tell you about the entire camera manufacturer's lineup, mm-hmm. the MS-35. <laughs> they made one model. That was it. It must have been so good they didn't even need to make another one. Well, I don't know. The company itself really kind of just appeared out of nowhere after the Second World War. They made it between 1946 to 1952. Mm -hmm. Single model, entire production, a few upgrades along the way still had the same look and it's it's basic spec this is a rangefinder camera uh you know they call the argus the brick this this is this is meatier than the brick but it is a full frame 35 millimeter camera it has a cloth focal plane shutter shutter speeds of 125 to a thousand one one thousand it'd be setting here we go claris offers a screw mount lens system for their camera they offered 350 millimeters an Anastigmat wall and sack 2.8. Nice. Yep. Oh, 2.8. How about wow. a Velastigmat wall and sack 2.8? Great. How about a wall and sack Raptar 2.0? Better. Sweet, sweet but, lenses. But, but call now and get. No. <laughs> That's right. Then they also had a, a small wide angle that was 35 millimeter, a short telephoto that was 101 millimeter. And that is really a nice set of quality optics. Except the thread on this is 41.5. Oh, come on. I know. Practica or Practica Flex, 40. 42 is very common. Yeah, 42 is right there. What's even more common? Leica 39. They don't want to share. Not going there. We got to buy into this patent issue. We're not going there. We'll just make our own threads. Now, you've got these lens options, but you've got a viewfinder on here with only the 50-millimeter view and no other kind of brackets or engraving. Do do they offer any other lenses than the 50-millimeter? 
They offered the 35 and the 101. And those are some kind of adapters? Nope. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> how, would that, how would that be possible? I mean, the wide, you could figure it out. You'll fi- as I go on, it's going to all make sense. Okay, good. What I, besides the look of this, I think it's really quite a beautiful camera. And it's obviously a, it's a hunk of hunk of burning love here. This is a big camera. I mean, it physically looks substantial. But look, this is the only people that ever used a slider, a sliding mm-hmm. door opener. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, that's pretty. That's kind of neat. Feels that like it's was not, easy to unlock. No. no. Well, how would I know? I never got to use the darn thing. It's called a sliding latch. It wasn't in the very first of the production, but they went to that later on. And they called it a twist bar. A uh, flash sink was la- later added. They always have done the two-part cold shoe. Isn't that cool? That's Two-part cold shoe. Yeah. Yeah. So this camera is probably one of the greatest deceptions around. It looks big. It looks meaty. It looks strong. It is heavy. It's 27 and a half ounces. And that, that outweighs the Argus C3. That's beef. That outweighs the Exacta VX. It's a cinder block. It's not it, a brick. It, it, <laughs> all that weight made a very solidly built, chrome-plated, metal alloy built, die-cast, three-part body. It was not aluminum. It looks aluminum. I was you know, going to trade it in for scrap, but it's not. And it's covered in something that Claris called... War proven redolite. <laughs> yeah, there leather, again. some sort of leatherette or whatever. Their marketing department was better than their engineering department. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now the shutter release, yeah, I see the that. top is also the film rewind button. What? Wait. So you have wh- to hold wait, that how? in as you're winding your film back at the end of the roll. Interesting. The shutter right there. So it's basic popularity, if it had any at all, <laughs> came because. Um, people were hungry for cameras after World War II. There were no German imports. Uh, at that time, our own war production was in the war effort, not into cameras. And there were smaller companies like Claris was very welcome to make cameras. But unlike other U.S. manufacturers like Kodak and Argus, uh, they had no experience behind them. So one of the very last general managers for Claris, who had this really cool name, Mathern Brahms. Ooh. I know. Mm-hmm. He said, and this is a quote, Claris represented a magnificent opportunity for a great success, slipping through the fingers of a group of grossly inexperienced, <laughs> poorly financed people, saddled with a camera with a basic design that was a complete failure from the beginning. Wow. Oh, okay, now, if that would what have been... That was, think? Yeah, that was yeah. the positive review. <laughs> and if that would have been the report of the day... That didn't help squat. I would have shut the doors and went home. It's like, just walk away, Renee. And it had this notorious reputation of failing from the beginning. The updates really did not help its deserved reputation. And its biggest issue, shutter failure. <laughs> um, it was set does, does it look like that? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that close because I want Mark to see that. Oh, I've seen um, it. I can see it from here. It was. It can't be unseen. It was said that those cameras were advertised it's, at half the cost of a Leica. It's still uh, a little bit on fire. But by the time you bought two of them to get a working one, they came up to Leica dollars. So they were a hundred. They were one hundred and twenty dollars new. And in what years dollars? This is forty six to fifty two. Oh my god! They made a total of twenty thousand cameras. Over that time. How many worked? Suckers. Six years. No, no. They made nine cameras a day and couldn't get it right. They made an average of nine cameras a day. 
After decades of these little rangefinder, ca- after the C3 exists, how can you screw yeah, up? Yeah, exactly. Make a little rangefinder. I mean, it does have cloth. And there's cover, more. But there's but more room for crazy <laughs> things to go on, and they still didn't. So I got my. I don't. I don't, I don't even remember where, but I got my first Claris MS35, and I thought, I'm going to McCune's. Look it up. See what we got here. It says uh, they gave a value at that point of thirty-five dollars more if you find a working one, uh, and that is <laughs> yeah. a quote right out of there. For In- some infinity reason, dollars if it works. <laughs> for yeah. some reason today. An eBay average is fifty bucks. What? You know, you know what? You know what? I, I can defend that because I could say, from a designer standpoint, it is yes. a beautiful, minimal, right. yes. elegant camera. I love the logo on the front. It's I would love to see queen. that on a shelf. It looks like something this Apple would have put out. Yeah, this it's is some, this is something that somebody would have a, a modern day Kickstarter for. Oh yeah, and oh, it would yes. and it would fail just as spectacularly. Yeah. <laughs> Machine out of the, billet aluminum. Yeah, exactly. and I'm thinking, oh, it's, you know, so maybe the shutter just froze up or something. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have Mark Dazell look at this <laughs> it one. Caved in. <laughs> no, open it from the back. Oh, from the back. Open it from the back. When I'm sure, I open it from I'm the sure back, a quick bang on the floor will is, fix it yeah, right is up. Some, is something going to jump out at me? Oh, or a bang well, in the yes. Ceiling. What jumped out at you was the shutter ah, curtain. Isn't that hysterical? It's escaping. That, uh, <laughs> it was flapping like a flag. Uh, it looks like a bat flew into it and couldn't get all the way out. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's the Claris MS35. <laughs> but you know what? It's just unglued. We could fix that. It just needs glue. You're I good. call Claris oh, hit wonder. Fixed. It's, it's in there. fixed. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the one and done. <laughs> now, people do say that they are repairable, but they're, again... Why bother? Why yeah. bother? Wow, that's What's the serial number on that one? Six. One. <laughs> oh, it was... Menace. No, serial number is... They didn't serialize cameras. They were just signed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Being nine a day or six a day, whatever it was. As a prison number. Nine a day. Yeah. There's just wow. so many things wrong with it. Hold it for a second. What's missing? Oh, this was a little tab to hold. This arrangement. Uh, I or suspect maybe someone tried to get into it yeah. at one time to repair it, and not all the accoutrements are put back. Actually, on. the day they brought it home, they tried to get in to fix it. Now, do you have so, do you have a hankering for finding one that works so you could shoot with it? Um, no. Got a hankering you know, but a, a lot of times camera. I do, but not in the case of this one, simply because I think maybe it would take me a while. Does I it have a P- I see it has this cold shoe on it. Yes. Is there a PC yeah. input? Later on. Oh, oh. Later on. That was one thing that was added. So not, not right now. It's a camera, yeah. unfortunately. It is. Yeah, so, that's yeah. what I was saying. It's, so it's what nice. is the cold shoe on, on this camera for? <laughs> Hold See, my beer. And have, hold my beer. And there are two uh, eyepieces to look through. There's one for the zoom lens, for the One telephoto. was for the, the focus, focus, and one was for the framing, essentially, yeah, the framing, a yeah. brighter one. And what one. if you put on the telephoto lens? How would you? Well, yeah, we're, maybe that was for viewfinders. Maybe they did Guesstimate. I, I don't know. Because why would they put a cold chew on a rangefinder? I don't know. That doesn't oh, have a PC board. That doesn't make like, any sense. You're saying you think that those lens. Well, you know, and, the, and there were independent rangefinder viewfinders, you know. Because yeah. I have a couple. Yeah, and yeah. And they Just would have been cold one. shoe yeah. shoe type. The lovely Claris. There you go. When we come back, we're going to be talking about stuff. Hey, folks. A quick message to let you guys know that the FPP online store, that's filmphotographystore.com, now carries black and white 127 roll, roll film. film. That's right, break out those Kodak brownies that take 127 roll film. 127 roll film now on the FPP online store. Booyah! Hey, we're back. Before we get into our next topic, uh, this is a really uh, quick email from our good friend Matt Ayers. So quick. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Just wanted to pass along a link in case you have not heard anything about it. The George Eastman Museum. 
now has over 130,000 images scanned and available online. It is a great resource. Take care and sell, say hello to all the gang. See, we are a gang. Matt Ayers is really a super FPP super pal. He is. He's a great guy. Next up, we, we recently spoke about the Claris useless camera. Yes. And now we're going to be moving over to Mark Dalzell, who also has a, a looks like... Late the, 40s useless camera. A very camera. heavy camera. No, it's, it's, it's tiny and elegant and light. But. But. But otherwise, it's just as useless as the Claris was. It's everyone at home. This is the Fed 1, specifically the Fed 1G. Did they improve it for a Fed 2? This is, this is the last greatest of the Feds. G was the last one before they finally finished shooting everyone who designed it. <laughs> <laughs> to the gulag with you. And came out with the Fed 2. The Fed 1s, yes, they were all basically supposed to be, you know, they were, they were, rip, they were blatant rip-offs of the Leicas, which is fine. I mean, a lot, I'm not a connoisseur, and a lot of the, uh, the 40s and 50s rangefinders, to me... Inspired, whether, at least. Yeah, yeah, they look a lot like the Leicas. You know, you if you're, can, you're looking you at your Nikon, yeah, Canons, your all Nikons, of them. Everybody was after sort of it, like. yeah. However, Fed full-on wrote Leica on theirs, and, I mean, they were, they were blatantly ripping it off. Unlike the Claris, this does have an M39 mount. Ooh, there we go. Um, so they're just... They just don't care. They're just going crazy. Well, right, they still cared. You know, they, they won the war, and they said, we're, you know, we're taking your factory with us back to Kiev, and we're going to just start ripping off your stuff. That's a whole other story. It's a rangefinder. The rangefinder is not bad on it. More specifically, I should say. So Fed started building in the mid-30s, 36 or so, up until the 90s. The factory was still in production. They stopped for a brief time in the war while they were destroyed, but they came back uh, in, in, the, in about 46. This particular one, the, the G, came out in 1953. was made for a couple of years. First of all, the biggest problem I had with it was I got this camera. I, got, I actually bought this in Jersey City at a craft fair. And there was a guy who had a table covered with vintage Russian cameras. It was the Whoa. most random thing. I kind of poked through, and he had a couple of Fed Ones, and I, and I tried them all out, and I picked this one up. And then he said, oh, here, let me give you a roll of film with it. And I said, oh, it's okay. I've got film at home. He's like, no, 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 no. You, you know, you know, and he you know, kind of did the thing where, like, I don't know, film's coming back. You know, it's the next big thing. Here, take a roll of film. Oh, he, he wants you to shoot with it. Yeah, he, want, yeah. he didn't want me to just have a shelf queen. And I said, well, yeah, I'm, I actually, yeah, I, I'm, I, I do stuff with these guys called the FPP. He's like, oh, <laughs> wait, you're Mark. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the FPP. Yeah, I always deal Twice with Mike. Twice as much for you. <laughs> so suddenly I was like the cool guy. Oh, right. So, um, yeah, so Frank from Lomography sold me this. So anyway, back to how terrible it is. <laughs> So now, does it take a lot to make you say that? Like, you seem to like a lot of really quirky, weird cameras. I like quirky. I mean, look at this thing that's sitting next to me. But yes, I like quirky and weird stuff. The problem with this was stupid user error. I didn't RTFM. I <laughs> bought it. I loaded some film into it. I shot a whole roll of nice black and white FPP EDU two hundred. Nice. I developed it. The developing went great. It came out fine. Everything was like weirdly blurry and vignetted. And I thought, what? Oh, oh. The oh. oh yes. the lens is supposed oh. to play. I have done the same thing. All right, let's put another roll of film okay. in there. What was the second roll you put in? So I put in a roll of the, the roll that he gave me, which was a roll of Kodak's 125PX, okay. black and white. Ooh. I took it out. I shot about two-thirds of the roll, and I, I was kind of getting down to the wire. And I thought, all right, I'm done. So I go, in the, uh, I go to pull the film out, and I realize uh, <laughs> the film hasn't been advancing at all. You oh. shot on air. I shot nothingness forever. So then I was like, all right, let's try it again. 
and I, st- I actually stood in the light trying to get this thing to load, and it will not. But you loaded the first time. It went the first time. I don't know what happened the first time. It would not load again. And here's the problem with this camera. Do you have Do you have a junk roll of film or a roll of negative or something I can demonstrate? I but, do. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a terrible podcast listening to me load film, but just so I can demonstrate. We've done worse. <laughs> yeah. If you have just a scrap roll of something super expired. Give me a chance. <laughs> All right. If you don't, a, don't worry about it, Mike. Just come back. Chance. Give the right. kid a chance. Just like the bottom loading Leicas. All right. We know it's a Leica. Okay. <laughs> the Leicas probably work properly, though. I had a... Uh, I, I only need to pull out like the first six like inches, a one. So even if it's something good. Oh, okay. I, it's fine. There we go. It'll still be good when I'm done with it. I have a nice natural Kodak Max. Oh, Yes, I love ruining this stuff. So, this is how you load this thing. You have to tuck this little tip in here. So then what you do is you, you put the two of them together. You put the two spools together, like thusly. And then you have to wind this up a little bit. And then try to slide these in through the back. Oh, God. Uh-huh. And it's just like this, I had to use a pair of pliers to get the roll of film out just because get, it's so tight in there. So and technically, and pop that is loaded. That's good. But well, it's wait. not because that's the thing is now. You can't tell if it's It's advancing. just stripping. Yeah. yeah, there's no way of knowing if you're actually winding There's no visual indicator or anything like later no. like us. Yeah. Yeah, you can tighten up your, your spool and see if it moves when you wind it, which, mm-hmm. but Maybe it wasn't working. just strip? I don't know. I mean, it, the first roll I put in it, it worked totally fine. Huh, weird. So that's the problem. Oh, and then, so now you're done shooting your film, or it's not working at all. Now, Crunch. now you're, I mean, there's, there's no way to get the film back out of the camera without destroying it. Like, I literally, now I need pliers to get this out of here. Like, is it because effed. of a, mal- a malfunction? Or like it's just not- a terrible design. The way it slips in there, there's and you slip it in there, and it's on the sprockets, and there's no way to slip it back past the sprockets. Maybe if you had a second, like if you had a second copy of that camera, maybe you'd be smoother. Maybe, and I don't know why the first roll worked so well. But the problem is, it's hurt me once, <laughs> and I can never trust it again because I don't know. Right? Am I actually winding it? So every picture I take, I'm thinking, is it actually winding? Is this going to work? You know, and, and I don't really, you know work as hard as I would if it was something that I really trusted. So this, dead to me, this is going on. He's fed up. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, fed thank up. you. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. model is that, the fed, fed up? Uh, <laughs> fed one up. So it's beautiful. I wish it worked. It's so cool looking. I've, I actually don't own a Leica. I wish I, I, well, wish I did have a Leica. why don't you just try free. again? Because I, I, not worth two it. nights ago, I stood it. in my kitchen for 20 minutes straight Trying to load a film, roll a film in it, and by the time I finally gave up, I had stripped because once that once that happens, then I clip it, try again, rips, clip it, try again. I had used the entire roll of film just trying to load the camera, so I I don't care. I have so many cameras at home, I have so many better cameras than this. It's not worth my time to fight with it. So dead. You mean we're smoking dog shit, man? Dead to me. What are you gonna do with it? What happens if you see Frank? Oh. No, it's beautiful. I, you know, it'll go on the shelf, I'll, but I'll never use it again. I've got, you know, a Fed Five that Give I it like. To Charlotte. But I've got, you know, I've got, like I said, I've got other rangefinders that, 
that work better than that. Is but it odd looking, oddly beautiful looking camera? It's How much did you pay for it? Do you remember? Twenty dollars, and he threw in that roll of film, so I can't complain. Looks clean. Look at that lens, like when it pops. It's beautiful. Out I'd yeah. say twenty bucks just for the lens. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm perfectly happy with the price. Fit on my Does, can you bring uh, take the I lens off, put it on another camera? That's an M39 lens. You can throw that on Leica. Now, now, visually, I'm used to looking at the older Canon and Nikons, and it's funny because just looking at the bottom of it, I can tell it's already too tight because I've loaded those old Canon and Nikons and older Leicas. It's it's visually smaller. It is. Like if it's you like hold a it next to us, it is, around. and it's yeah. it's probably whatever they did to make it unique or them thinking they were saving space is what screwed them over. Yeah. And I, I've saving metal or something. My, my friend Mark has a Leica 3F, like and I've handled bullets. that. And this is similar, yeah, but it's similar and just not as refined. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it in the movements. I, I, sh- I guess I could have done this extra step of research. I'm sure this was a tiny fraction of the price of what a Leica would have cost. Sure. So, well, yeah. you know, you get what you pay for. The other thing, and if they- you were living in 50s. Soviet Union, oh, yeah. you get what you're allowed to get. So it's not like they were out <laughs> shopping for Lakers anyway. I feel like they were happy with any camera. Exactly. Right? The other thing with these is that in more recent years, in 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 Russia, they were taking these things and then recoding them and reinscribing them with Leica and Luftwaffe markings and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so that all, that sub market of modified Feds has and Zorkies. Feds Zorki was the other one, which is very similar to this. Um, the Feds and Zorkies became collectible as fake Leicas, and there's actually a market for that by the same collector they're base beautiful. that would go for Leicas. The yes. gold plated yeah. ones, yeah, they're, they're pretty, and and but they're not real Leicas. They're just no. but everyone knows that. And that's the kind of the joke, and of course, but you can get them for 150 bucks yeah, on eBay right, or whatever. Right, so, right. now which one's the popular Fed? That's the Fed Five, the isn't five, it? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Fed, Fed Five is a, is a lot different. Using. It's it's more like the body style of a of an M2. Yes, but with the pretty much the same workings as these. Okay, because that doesn't a, a look like any other, other Fed I've seen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and and with all these Feds and Zorkies, you you can't set the shutter speed until after you cock the shutter mm-hmm. like the nikons yeah like a lot of those yeah, yeah. Uh, or the kiev which was a, yeah you know. the kiev's but it's very pretty. it's good I mean, and in the fed one you know like all their cameras when you start getting into collecting them every, they made these for 20 years and every six months it seems they change the specs on them so when you uh-huh. start looking at fed ones there's a fed one a b c d e f g and then there's some intermediate models they made for you know military officials and limited editions of this and anniversary models of that so you know even if you get a fed one it can vary widely in price or any of the feds actually they're the same with all of them the fed three four five they're all uh, they all have a you know 20 variations on each one did you one. curse when you were did you i did yeah Last, when I was trying to load it and I just ruined that entire roll of film, I was furious. I literally did sort of throw that across the room. The other I, day. I can just imagine you're, you're so the construction <laughs> is very tough on it. You're like so mad. You just call Fidelia. Like John, I'm so angry right now. Can you just throw some words at me? <laughs> just yep, done. The the other uh, oddball thing about this is setting the the aperture because it's just this little tiny tab at the front of the lens. Yeah, and, oh, and, interesting. And so, well, like the C3, like right, the brick, like C3, I li- which I right. like because once it's set. You don't have to touch it again. And people made little add-ons where it gave you a lens hood and then had the, a little readout that 
for, to show you the aperture, you could just turn it out here instead of going in and fiddling around. Yeah. Not, so, not, not a camera to use with gloves. So otherwise, I mean, again, now, now that I've talked about it for 15 minutes and bashed it, but there are people out there right now saying, what are you talking The Fed one is awesome. Oh, there's a trick to loading it. You're just not doing it right. You're stupid. Whatever. That's Google fine. It. So, <laughs> so having said that, it's a solid, well-built. It feels tight when you – oh, I can't shoot it. Oh, can I? Yes, I can. Oh. It sounds good. It feels good. Uh, You've got a completely acceptable range of shutter speeds from 25 to 500 plus bulb. Interestingly, in the, in the literature, the, the Fed 1G, I think, isn't supposed to have the, the shutter release cable thread, which, which mine does. So, again, maybe it's another little tiny variation. The rangefinder is pretty bright on it. It's yeah. really easy to adjust. When I got it, the, the vertical alignment was out a little bit. But if you unscrew this little window on the front here, it's just two little, two little nuts. And you turn one, adjust the horizontal adjustment. The other one, adjust the vertical ra- adjustment. So you can... You can adjust your, you can you can reset your rangefinder in the field with a screwdriver. Like it's really easy. So it's it is a good, it's got some good elements to it, but just you know loading it and trusting it hurts too much to talk about. Okay. We won't we won't it's mention it hurts again. too much to talk about. <laughs> and gonna, that's the Fed one. We're not going to mention it ever again. A photographer scorned. <laughs> When we come back, we'll have a darkroom update. Oh, we'll be back. Hey, folks. This year, we're celebrating everything color slide film. Films that are processed E6. That's right. E6. You can pick up color slide film right in the filmphotographystore.com. Our famous FPP retrochrome, which is... Kodak Ektachrome that we rescued from a military base out west. This film was kept refrigerated in its entire life. We carry two varieties, 160 ISO or 400 ISO. Both are available right in the FPP online store. Just go to the new store, click 35mm film, in the left-hand column you will see categories and choose Ektachrome. There it is. Check it out. Shoot away. The year of E6. E6. And of course, you can process this yourself using our very own E6 color slide kit. You could also process it C41 to get a cross-processed negative. Thanks so much, folks. Now back to show. Uh, hey, we're back. Quick letter from our pal Rick. He says, "How to pronounce your name?" R- Rick. Rick Gutierrez. Is that a good good way? Yeah, yeah, Gutierrez. Gutierrez. yeah, yeah. Complete cheapskate here. But stick with me. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Mike, John, Matt, the Strudel Wolf, <laughs> Le- Leslie Lens Baby, and the rest Ooh. of the gang. I am completely addicted to the FPP. I just finished listening to the first, to the first, and all the way to the latest podcast. Oh my god! It took me about four months, and I loved every minute of it. You got that me. Can't be true. You got me into medium <laughs> format. I use a Kony Omega. Connie? Ra- yeah, Connie. I, oh. I use a Connie Omega Rapid One Hundred. All those are great. Focus is a little off, but I'm looking for something else in the future. Maybe a Mamiya. Oh my god! I can't thank you enough. 
for inspiring me in my photography, film, and digital. I have a serious case of gas and ETS, exotic treat syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? This is a good segue. You got a bunch of treats over there, Mark. I'm just, I can't right now. I'm too cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want some treats? Can you hold that up? What's that called? Oh, we've had these before, haven't we? Chocolate bananas. I don't know, have we? I think Wait, we've had the these before. The we had those in oh, yeah, gosh. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm sorry then. No, it's not. I've never never seen them. them. And then I have these. This is uh, this was a gift pack that came back from a Japanese friend of mine. You know how in Japan they have a different Kit Kat for every prefecture, every region. Yeah. So where he's from, bean paste. The red bean paste. Those are sweet. These are pretty good. Those are good. I thought he, I thought he had wasabi. The wasabi wasabi ones ones, make me vomit. I'm not a fan. The green tea ones are good, but green tea. They have a raspberry cheesecake ones. Anybody? Oh, there's like 150 of them. You want to try a bean paste Kit Kat? Oh, hit the mic. Anybody want to try a bean paste Kit Kat? No, they're really good. They're really good. There's two in here. Because I want to hold out for the... What is that? Shaco banana? Yeah. It says Shaco. S-C-H-O-K-O. So we have ETS, exotic treat syndrome. That's... That box is amazing. You want you got like that phallic symbol on the cover. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Look, it's like it's, it comes in a presentation box. Chocolate dip slugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. Mm, yum. I can't wait. Mm. Banana slugs. Rick, this was ETS, Exotic, Exotic Treat, Treat Syndrome. syndrome. Thank you, Mark. Mm, they taste banana-y. Not chocolatey. Oh, yeah, I like it. Mm. Tastes like that classic fake banana yeah. candy when you were a kid. Oh get a, my yeah. get a plate, no really crumbs. Banana. Rick says, "Oh, I can melt one of those on top of this. That'd that's be good. That's all about, yeah. I can't wait to find a pack of Tim Tams and have a couple, couple with a can of Mister Brown." Mm-hmm. The FPP store has provided me with developing kits that keep the cost of this hobby low. Back in February 2015, episode 119, you discussed the newly announced Epson V800. Mm-hmm. Then you discussed scanners for photography. I was excited to learn what's out there and pricing. However, y'all only spoke about the V700, 750, and 800. What about scanners for the regular guy? Well, that is a scanner for a regular well, guy. Well, I mean, there's, there's the 600. The 600 is a thing. It's it's a little slower as far as everything. Max res is is slightly less, but the holders that come with it they kind of jip you just because. And it's a smaller area. Yeah, smaller total scanning area. But those are two hundred ten bucks all day every day. Yeah, I think oh. there's there's five. Oh, yeah, there's still there. mm-hmm. I hear the V six hundred isn't too bad. It's looking great at two ten ish. See, bam, corroborated. Yeah. I know you discussed only what you have experience with, but the show has become. Um, I'm having ETS syndrome while I'm talking. The show has become a great source of dependable information for us. We all trust your opinions. I even picked up a Gossin Luna Pro. Not an F. Not an F. Gossin Luna Pro. (laughs) Those are about a hunch. No, I've seen them out there for about 50. Yeah. I'd love to hear about a variety of scanners. Out there for the regular shooter. He says it again. The regular shooter. Thank you, huge fan of everyone, Rick. Well, Rick, I suggested folks that to, to folks out there who don't want to spend to sacrifice, sacrifice a cup of coffee, skimp at the grocery store, and save your pennies 
to bu- to buy the V seven hundred because with a, a, f- a person like yourself who has gas, you're gonna find some clunker four by five that works, and you're gonna next thing you know you're gonna be shooting some some sheets, and at that point you're gonna want to scan it sheets. sheets. So you don't want to box yourself into being o- only able to scan. Hey man, you leaving? Yes. Hey man, have a good weekend, right? Yes. I'm speaking to Justin. If you, of course, purchase from the FPP store, Justin is handling all your customer service. He's answering all your questions. Right, Justin? Yes. Would you yeah. like a Choco Banana? Otherwise known as a Chocolate Slug. It's a Choco Banana. I don't want one, but I have to have one. And uh, you <laughs> can also good, look at Epson Refurbished. Yep. Yes, yeah. that's true. And the used market for or, 700 and yeah. 750s is, is going, Odd, right? going it's pretty like good. plain old used. It's, more like it's a citrus. It's intense, isn't it? Yeah, or something. I think it's just the artificial flavor they didn't get. Yeah. Yeah. What about the five? Wasn't there a 500? Yeah. Are they good? There's actually a 300. Yep. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of neat. If you do books because the, on the lid hinges oh, on a different side. Yeah. Take care. But yeah, it only does 35, no 120. So there's yeah. lots of models. Yeah, there's... Yeah. You, yeah. Can, you can find something. I mean, I didn't really pay too much for my V700, and I'm actually I'm on the fence. I'm so close to going 850 just oh. because I, I do these marathon scanning sessions. Well, haven't people dumped their 700 because they got the 800? So what are prices on the bay for for 700? 400 is the is the high end on the unused. Unused 400. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay. When they were new, well, how much did they cost? 750. Six uh, six fifty nine. Okay. I would say that none of us at this table are what, are what he would consider regular shooters. Like, right. But I think we are, no? Yeah. We're intense yeah. shooters? We're power, I mean, I we're develop power shooters. I develop and scan hundreds of roles, as oh. does Matt and Leslie and Mark and everybody. Yeah. Power we're shooters. all like, we're power users. Okay. But, you know, like a normal person who's, do, who's shooting one or two roles a month, I can but, see them uh, not wanting to Rick spend Rick sounds like he's on his way to becoming a power shooter. Yeah. yeah. So, that's like you said, I would say... Yeah, the get a used one. Or, yeah. Just get a scanner that matches it. We got. I think someone at work ordered the uh, V six hundred, and they were disappointed because they were so used to. They had a um, Epson scanner before that. And I don't remember which model they had, but it did a, a whole eight and a half by eleven page. You get used to it. Really you get easy. used to it, especially and with the like, workflow on slides. And right, stuff. and it was yeah. a much much slower workflow. And they yeah. were doing that. They were doing slides and thirty five millimeters. Like ah, oh. anyway, they were disappointed. When I sell scanners at work, that's basically what I say. It's like, are you going to be the one scanning? Are you comfortable doing this process X number of times? If you could divide that by three, would you? What what price tag would you put on your sanity? Right. That's sure yeah. I wish I could scan an entire roll of thirty six. You need a Naritsu. No, you don't. Oh, rather than cutting it like rather than having one extra frame right. at the end yeah. this year on the V seven hundred this year Epson had this was has been months ago already but Epson has re released their GT XL series scanners so the s- scanning area is twelve by sixteen higher DPI better lens than what you get in the V eight hundred and V eight fifty same LED technology. Uh, price of the professional series is like it's not cheap. It's like thirty seven hundred bucks, but um, those are scanners. Used to be ten thousand. Hang on, buying one. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> They're pretty sweet. Well, thank you for the letter, Rick. I really appreciate it. I'm really happy that you're enjoying the FPP, and it never ceases to amaze me of people who go back to the beginning and like you know, I, as as you know, Matt. As time goes on, that four month experience is going to become much longer. Yeah. You I wonder know. how many times you contradict yourself over the course if you listen to all of them. Uh, lots. I hate Kickstarter. I love Kickstarter. <laughs> I hate Polaroid. Polaroid's the best. <laughs> I don't think too much. I think we've all been fairly consistent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe about John Fideli. 
Like, oh, I hate John. Oh, he hates everything. Right. Oh, or, you and you hating him. I yeah, or all the episodes that you're not on that you never listen to because you're not on them. And we Those are the best. What's you. the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, point bar- I barely it? listen to the ones that I am on. Oh, okay. I, I, fall off, I just fall off the wagon so easy. Yeah. Well, how about a dark room? Oh, and a book of the month. Oh. How about a dark room? We have to remember to do the books of the month because otherwise when we're done... You're going to have a stack of books, and we've done no reviews. Right. He's going to have nine books a, a month at some point. <laughs> Let's get a quick uh, darkroom update. Sure. So uh, if, if you folks haven't uh, checked it out yet, Midwest Photo, if you're in the re- actually greater, uh, greater Midwest region, Midwest Photo, mpex.com, has a rentable darkroom space, black and white, two enlargers, 35 millimeter, all the way up to 4 by 5 we're doing classes now at least once a month. I'm teaching a 101 and 102, so exposure and then developing from the – we take a break after 101. We go out and shoot. We come back. We develop that very same film. We just learned how to shoot. And then the following week in 103, we actually contact print and then make an enlargement from that. So start to finish, black and white process. We also do one-on-one sessions, but the rental is sweet. Sweet. If you're a student, educator, or an FPP listener – you're going to get it at 12 bucks an hour or the whole day for 70 bucks. That's nine hours wow. in a dark room. Chemistry's provided. Just bring your own paper, bring your own film. It's pretty sweet. That is very sweet. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. You can fill off, find out more about it online at mpex.com, mpex.com forward slash learn. There's a little dark room tab. I was just checking my emails here because when I'm away, I, I get, still get darkroom forms. There was two waiting for me, so you can book online. It's through our rentals department. It's quick and easy and uh, some really cool stuff. And some specialty classes are coming up in June. We're going to have a large format experience. So we're going to shoot 4x5 with instant, 8x10 with instant, and then uh, do some other stuff in the darkroom. So it's going to be fun. That's awesome. And people, where can they reach you if they want to just email you direct? They want to email me direct. They can hit me at mat at mpex.com. It's actually just easier than any other email I have. So it goes to my work email. Uh, if you go fill out something on the darkroom learning studio website, so mpex.com forward slash learn, any of those contact forms, since I do a lot of the classes there now, those will also go right to me. So, yeah, really quick and easy. Very good. Thank you, Matt. We'll take a really quick break and come back and do a book of the day. From ANSCO, this year's big news in low-priced cameras. Now, every ANSCO cadet camera comes with an unconditional one-year guarantee. If for any reason, even for accidental damage, your cadet fails to work properly, ANSCO will replace it for just a few pennies postage and handling. ANSCO quality makes this guarantee possible. And that's why only ANSCO dares make this offer. No wonder camera fans are excited about these ANSCO cadet cameras and camera outfits. Truly great values from $5.95 to $15.95. And here's more exciting news. Right now, with this free coupon, you can save 75 cents off dealer price on this ANSCO Reflex Cadet outfit. Save 50 cents on the ANSCO Cadet and Cadet Flash outfits. Get your free coupon today at your ANSCO dealers. Hurry, offer is limited. ANSCO Cadet Camera Outfits. If it comes from ANSCO, you know it's A+. Hey, we're back. Book of the day. What do you got, Mark? Mark O'Brien. Oh, Take it away. Okay. This book I have is called Anonymous. Uh, enigmatic really? Im- Anonymous. Uh, <laughs> enigmatic Images from Unknown Photographers. Ooh. It's put out by Thames and Hudson um, in, in, in the UK. 
the editor is Robert Flynn Johnson. It came out in 2004. It's about 208 pages. Um, we typically call some of this vernacular photography because it's sort of done by unknown photographers, and a lot of it is just snapshots and so forth. But this book is not your typical snapshot album. It's got a lot of really interesting images in here that go back to late 1800s into probably halfway through the through the last century some of them are really interesting one even has a picture of um of eisenhower when he when he had his generally his eisenhower home admission free with signs and messages it's it's got different chapters which refer to the themes of the images um there's everything from homemade uh naked yes porn people to to, uh all kinds of just weird things and just other things are just everyday life but the images are really well reproduced in here some are just fascinating you wonder what the heck was this person was were they looking at there's one is a photograph of amelia earhart sitting on the on a uh running board of a car so you but we don't know who well, who took these photographs or anything. Some well, famous now, you people. Know, I'm looking over your shoulder. These aren't just like found film. These are professionally taken, no, beautiful no, pictures. No, a lot of these are found films. Oh, it doesn't look like it. From what I'm seeing from here, these are all beautiful portraits. Um, and look at that. Yeah, that there, here's one with a, one of those what banquet cameras, probably. Oh, it's people. Um, so yeah, they're they're just sort of uh, that's beautiful. A lot of really very interesting images oh, that that, the Tower that are in here. A lot of them are from Europe. And that's probably due to the fact that the person who has done this was in England. So yeah. um, you get a lot more uh, different material than you might see just with images from the U.S. You know, kid with a giant rabbit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> or a small kid and a big rabbit, whatever. Yeah, it's but it's a, really, it's a really cool book. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, we all like looking at photographs. This one is amazing on the cover. It is. I want to take that picture. He's it, outstanding in his it, field. It, he is outstanding <laughs> in his field, yes. So it's one of those books, you, I mean, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon uh, or find it in used bookstores. It came, like I said, it came out in 2004. You know, it, it's not like a Vivian Meyer thing where you had a, a trove of photographs taken by a known person. In this case, the, 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 the photographers are anonymous. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of weird stuff in there. That's, I mean, they're beautiful. I would, I would frame pretty much any one of these and put them on the wall. They're amazing. There's a guy riding an ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Oh, it's at, that's in Pasadena, California. Where can you get this book? Here's an alligator going down a slide. I bought it, I think, uh, in the bookstore new back in 10 years ago or so, but uh, you can I, you can still find it online. Okay. Printed by Thames and Hudson. Yeah. They, they were a good, good publisher. <clears throat> well, huh. uh, thank you very much, Mark. You're welcome. Uh, folks listening, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. I would like to uh, mention and encourage folks to go to our website and click the subscribe button. And what that does is that, that signs you up for our email newsletter. And the email newsletter is the only way, twice a month, for you to get a your sort of your club newsletter that gives you information on secret links and special deals in the FPP online store and information about things going on. Breaking news, deals, and lots of fun associated with the FPP. That's the only way to get it, the FPP online newsletter. Flickr.com is where you can go and post photos to share with us. Go to Flickr.com, sign up. I'm thinking it's still free. You can sign up for free, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Flickr.com, and then you could go to Film Photography Podcast Group. That's where we are. You'll see us all there. 
where else? Oh, the Instagram Film Photography Project, the Facebook Film Photography Project. Over eleven thousand subscribers to the Facebook. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. cool. And of course, all of us here. Uh, MattMirage.com. Mark, yeah. is there a MarkDalzell.com? Uh, no, no. But you can go if you want to. Go, my Flickr is just MyBoringPictures.com. Okay, great. Uh, your random photo blog? How do you get there? Uh, randomphoto.blogspot.com. Right. I usually type in random photo blog Mark O'Brien. And, and it, it just there. comes up. Yeah. Uh, or you can just find it by typing in Argus75, and my blog usually gets on the average about 15,000 hits a month. Nice. Wow. Leslie Lazenby on Flickr, right? I am, yes. By the name. Leslie Lazenby. There you go. We'll be back in two short weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs>